0: And then we walked around for a little bit. We saw a place, this tattoo place. The place was called Philadelphia Eddie's Tattoos. And my first thought was, imagine you're a guy, your name is Eddie, and you live in Philly, and your nickname is Philadelphia Eddie.
1: (laughs) It's to discern him from his cousin Boston Eddie. I disagree, disagree, Gary. I disagree, Gary.
0: Top of the morning to you, (laughs) Lenny. It's so true, so true. Welcome back to Pulp Fiction. My name is Jack Septica. My name is Markiplier. (laughs) We are. (laughs) This is the Jacksepticeye and Markiplier podcast. (laughs) Uh, I'm your hostess with the most. You can call me Rocky. i Hi. Been here before. We know him. We love him. How's it going? I'm
1: good. I'm just uh, drove back to my apartment from my good old hometown in Long Island. Getting mm-hmm. settled, feeling good
0: Feeling good, alright, love to hear that I, uh, as I said before the show And as might be in the intro I went out with some old friends But uh, yeah, it was very nice I'm, you know, getting acquainted with uh, With with the live arrangement I have an interview for a full-time job on Thursday That I'm, uh, I'm excited about And yeah, things are going well for us We are, if you've clicked on this You know that we were talking about the song Let Her Go by Passenger <laughs> on this episode.
1: Sorry, it just it gets me every time.
0: Yeah, just before it's a really, there's a lot to be said. But just before we get into it, we have a real quick uh, edition of our uh, our breaking news segment, Dun 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 dun, What's popping And this week uh, we are talking about Boys, the debut single by Jesse Nelson, the former member of Little Mix. Uh, Featuring Nicki Minaj. So the the little bit of history I have on the song is that uh, obviously Jesse Nelson, as I said, a member of Little Mix, most known, I would say, for a clip of her attempting a Jamaican accent that uh, (laughs) that, that people like to like to uh, pull up. November 2020, Little Mix released their excellent sixth album, Confetti. Just a month later, Nelson announced her intent to leave the group, citing mental health reasons. In May of this year, Nelson was accused of blackfishing after many Twitter users remarked on just realizing that she's white. Uh-oh. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, articles were published about, like, the changes to her appearance since Little Mix started in 2011. Uh, her most recent comments were, well, before today, but we'll get into that. I'm very aware that I'm a white British woman. I've never said that I wasn't. I mean, like, I love black culture. I love black music. That's all I know It's what I grew up on. I take all those comments made seriously. I would never intentionally do anything to make myself look racially ambiguous. So that's why I was initially shocked that the term racially ambiguous was directed at me. Uh, So on October 8th, that's three days ago, as we're recording, Jessie released her first solo single and video, Boys. 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 With a Z the uh, the video opens on this this picturesque suburban neighborhood called Perfectville. Uh, an elderly resident's jaw drops as storm clouds roll in alongside Jesse Nelson's tour bus and a bends with the license plate boys. It seems a, a house in the neighborhood has been sold to Jesse Nelson and her crew disrupting the sort of old money country club vibes of the existing neighborhood. There's like in the in the in the intro before the song starts, there's this shot of a of like a like a country club guy, like a you know tennis boy, like fainting. But it's so it's like they it's like there was supposed to be a longer shot and they had to like really cut it, but they wanted to get it in. So it's like you blink and you miss it then the song kicks off uh, kicks off pretty abruptly nikki gives a brief, brief introduction ayo it's the uk baddie and the barbie and we get into it the opening and much of the video is actually directly ripped from p diddy's hit bad boys for life in which diddy and his crew roll into perfect town usa in the exact same fashion complete with an old guy in a row getting the paper uh, the beat for this song is also it's it's a sample of Bad Boys for Life, but it's really the entire beat. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same beat exactly. And the hook is mostly the same too. Um it's it was kind of funny to me how Nikki did a British accent on the intro, and then Jesse comes in and is kind of doing a Caribbean accent for the whole song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But she's very aware that she's a white British woman, as we said. Yeah, um, yeah uh, I'm, look, I'm looking at the lyrics I have pulled up here. Uh, love a little bitter and the sweet, bad boy my recipe, being nice, a little boring when you're in between the sheets. When I write that hee-haw, you know I know how to please ya. Ooh, I like them tattoos and them gold teeth, tough to uh, tough to make me feel like I'm a baddie. I like the fire you're bringing out of me. Maybe something about him got me weak in the knees and then the the chorus is i like a bad boy uh like i said it's pretty much taken from the bad boys for life song but instead of bad boys being a reference to the bad boy label the bad boy crew this whole this whole sort of subculture it's just about bad boys in the in the traditional sense of like boys who are bad
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> boys
0: who are no good they they they're, they ain't no good for you um <laughs> speaking of ain't no good this is not <laughs> a good song man <laughs> like it it's sure it's it's so it, it's one of those songs where it's like you it, it's rare for someone to put out a pop song and it's just immediately like there's no hook to this it's not catchy at all right. it's I, I talked about how it's a direct rip right off of the of the of the bad boy song and, and Diddy did he does appear in the video it's something we'll get to in a second but it's just it's a really a really poor song that you know with with all the controversy around it you would at yeah. least hope that the song itself and it's really weird for someone who for someone who talked about so who had this controversy before the song came out mm-hmm. and before before the video was shot or anything and and you know had to give this address to it for this to be the first thing she comes out of the gate with is weird yeah. <laughs> halfway through the video as i said the song stops for a brief word from diddy himself couple half-assed jokes uh word of encouragement to jesse as if to lend some kind of credibility to this whole uh rip off and a weird bit about golf balls like i did he can act like like right. i know did he can act he was he was in a raisin in the sun on abc and he did really good at, he, like, like he's an okay actor and he he's so clearly not trying in this is yeah. not invested in it at all i also wonder about because the intro has this this suburban thing and like what does it say about the idea of disrupting this white bread you know old money like world when the neighbor is is Diddy right. <laughs> like doesn't that kind of kind of subvert the meaning there and then Nikki comes in and there's a lot to be said about about Nikki in general and about what, what Nikki's been on lately um, yeah. this is this is a really good verse.
1: <laughs> <laughs> What
0: is she like? An, she's an anti-vaxer now. Is that? Is yeah, that she, she, is she, she she's um she's she's vaguely anti-vax. Yeah, and she um you know the the most recent thing is that today she went on like Instagram Live with Jesse Nelson and she was uh bad mouthing this uh the this member of Little Mix who's Black, who the, you know, there are these screenshots of her messaging some radio show talking about how Jesse Nelson had, had like, blocked them, blocked all the other members on social media. We we don't know if that actually happened. It seems like it did. But the, um, those DMs were fake and Nikki was, like, getting really mad about them Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, really going all in on on taking the Jesse Nelson side in yeah. in this controversy. She did the same thing with like Six Nine a couple of years ago, where it was like Uh-oh. I where a just just, just just really like doing the whole thing, being in the video. You know, there's people who like who like threw a verse, who like, who like threw him a verse. It was like okay, now go away. But I think he was like really right. committed to it, and also like on this song, giving really good verses. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's sort of sort of hard to but yeah it, it's really like she comes in and she's she conveys such a clearer idea of what this song could be than jesse mm-hmm. ever does she because she's really a student of that bad boy era she's you know she, she she's always talking about biggie and she um kind of does a biggie flow in the first part of this but she also she starts with as we proceed to give you what you need which is directly taken from diddy's intro mm-hmm. to the biggie track who shot Ya." she directly shouts out biggie diddy and bass, and then she says well Like Rob, which is a reference to Black Rob, another bad boy artist whose biggest hit was called Woe. Uh, and then the next slide is, he gonna keep my VVS's dancing like Total, Total being another bad boy group and a pretty mm. obscure one. And then the next slide is, so I could just shine while he shoot up the place," a reference to Shine, another bad boy artist who got arrested for shooting up a club. Ooh. And it, it's just really, it's a good verse. And, it, mm-hmm. and she, the, the things that Nikki chooses to put effort into on top of everything else are very weird. <laughs>
1: they, yeah, they're very weird.
0: But yeah, those are about my thoughts on uh bad boy. I think Nikki is kind of in her uh Lana del Rey era right now. The Lana del Rey era. <laughs> Things are just kind of catching up with her. And yeah. um yeah I you know I can't say I'm with her but she, She's, she's very talented. There's no disputing that. And you know, when she, when she, I'm sorry, I just, uh, someone just posted something in a server that I'm going to read on the podcast right now. That's uh, the Wikipedia page for Metatron. And it says not to be confused with Megatron, Magnetron, or (laughs) Metatron. That's the three genders. (laughs) We found them. Gender spectrum. Let her
1: go. Let her go. By
0: passenger.
1: (laughs) By passenger. Great segue.
0: I've also prepared some great history on that before we get into the song itself. But just to kick us off, uh, could you share a little bit about your history with the song? (laughs) Do I
1: have much of it?
0: Um, I mean, I remember when it was like
1: a pop hit on the radio. And I remember when we were sitting on our Zoom call, not Zoom, Discord call. Uh, what was it? Three, four nights ago. Yeah. And finding out that let her go is the
0: twenty fifth
1: most viewed YouTube video. Um, it's not like
0: a good video. Like
1: right. it's, <laughs> it's literally just like a live recording of the song. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't. I don't think I have a history with. It. I think it was popular on like maybe Flipnote before Flipnote shut down. I don't know. A lot of people like to animate to it.
0: Um. That's about it. There you go. I yeah. I similarly, uh you know, it's not something that ever that I ever really paid attention to. I was already blogging about like pop music by this point, so I was. I had probably written about it on like at some end of the year thing like that. It, that it's a bad song. I'd you know somewhere along the way I'd made that observation, but it was something that very much even when it was you know played on the radio or, or in a store or something I couldn't I couldn't bring myself to have a reaction to it right. and then uh one time I was hanging out with a friend and his friend and his friend was uh was um this person from Italy and I uh, I was playing music and she asked me to play Let Her Go and said that the, the, that she was a big fan of the song, and it was like I didn't even really ju- just from the name I couldn't exactly have placed anything about the song. Right. And then I and then I and, and I never forget it after this night because I just started playing it. I because I'd never seen anyone acknowledge the song. Before. <laughs> yeah, <let them> enjoy <laughs> it.
1: <laughs> like it sure is a song.
0: I had this cycle running through my head of like first of all. I know I don't like this song, but do I not like it that much? Is it actually okay? Am I the weird one? And then when our mutual friend came in and was like, could you not play this? I was like, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. So that is my experience with yeah. Let Her Go. And as I said, I've prepared some history on Passenger and on the development of the song into mm-hmm. a, just a monster hit. <laughs> Michael David Rosenberg was born in Brighton in 1984 to Quaker parents, an English mother and an American Jewish father. He began pursuing music as a young teen, eventually dropping out of high school and working as a busker for several years. In 2001, at the age of 17, a film producer friend of his father introduced him to Jamie Caddo, a member of the electronic band Faithless. Through this connection, he gained a spot at the Free Burma Campaign benefit concert the next year, and there he met his writing partner, Andrew Phillips. Rosenberg and Phillips went over their shared inspirations, which included uh, Simon and Garfunkel and DJ Shadow, and they started to write songs together at Phillips' seaside home. In 2003, they formed a new band originally named the Mike Rosenberg Band, but later renamed to Passenger. The Mike Rosenberg Band! It's funny how first the band was named after him and then he stole the band (laughs) name. Yeah, (laughs) and then he
1: was named after the band. Yeah. And not even like just Mike Rosenberg, like the Mike Rosenberg band.
0: (laughs) So the band Passenger, which is stylized with a slash beforehand and a period afterwards, um, they released one album, Wicked Man's Rest in 2007 before breaking up in 09. I listened to it. My initial impression was it's fine. Uh, Didn't. surprised me for a passenger album at all the same kind of you know twee indie sort of pop rock stuff uh with just a little bit of 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 drive to it a little bit of a of a a chug to it you know there's Mm. some drums in there um there's just something about this guy's voice you know it's gonna come up again but whenever I listen to this song and I'm paying attention to it it's like there's that little instrumental intro and then as soon as his voice comes in I start laughing (laughs)
1: Sounds like it doesn't sound night chord, but
0: it yeah. vaguely
1: sounds night chord.
0: <laughs> yeah, cause, cause it, it sounds like it's been pitched up, certainly. Yeah. Like, like, you know, cause it's a mix of it's a mix of him being like up here and then also having that, that weird thick seaside British accent yeah. from somewhere. <laughs> it sure is. Very strange. In 2009, uh, Passenger the band breaks up and Rosenberg pretty much immediately takes the name for his solo work, uh, returning to busking, releasing a solo album as Passenger later that same year. I listened to that one too. And what I realized after listening to it, It was, it it was really. It was only after hearing what Passenger sounds like without a band that I recognized how much better Wicked Man's Rest is than (laughs) anything I'd heard from him up to that point. I, you know, I only miss the sun when it starts to snow. You know, right, (laughs) right, very, very. very I only I only miss the band when he's he's playing that acoustic guitar. (laughs) Still love. And it's like, and especially with the voice thing, like you know, when there's a band, there's something else to pay attention to. Yeah. Anyway, it's just him and his guitar, <laughs> you're you're always paying attention to it. You. you can't you can't focus on anything else. He's not a great writer either. It's just like
1: you'd think since he's been, um, I mean, he's been playing classical guitar since fourteen fifteen and started to write songs. No, that's what Wikipedia says. So mm-hmm. you'd think since he's been writing since he was a young teenager he'd be good at it but <laughs> didn't get there. he's didn't get there. he's
0: he he's not like a horrible writer but he's definitely the there there's there's so little to go off like yeah. he doesn't have a thing
1: definitely a service level writer
0: yeah so he opened for a couple of big indie acts in australia and that allowed him to kind of develop his initial following there his first couple albums were just him andrew phillips on production and isabel anderson doing backup vocals on his third album flight of the crow he had help from a ton of australian indie acts um and i thought there was a lot more to be found on that album again just because there were other you know sounds and voices in the room Um, as you know, as much as this style of music isn't really my bag in general, this was the, the, this was the one album out of what I listened to that I was like, I genuinely enjoy this. Mm-hmm. The Flight of the Crow. In 2012, Passenger released his fourth album, All the Little Lights. It's sort of a more it's sort of a departure structurally. A lot of the songs have these they they're, they're not all pop structures. They have these like instrumental breaks and these, you know, sweeping strings and all, you know, mm-hmm. these, sort of playing around with it. And the second track on the album is called Let Her Go.
1: <laughs> second track.
0: <laughs> track 2 on that bad boy. So we we can get into it now. Um <laughs> The song opens with this, this, uh, this twinkly little instrumental that uh, it's good. It's a good intro. It's
1: good. I will say, I feel like it does go on a tad too long. Yeah. Especially when it's not building up to like
0: good vocals. (laughs) It's true. It it it, it makes it that much more comical when he comes in and he's, he's, I need to find the first line here just so I can, I can do the impression. It's, um. Well, you only need the light when it's burning low. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> it's just like this warbly, like, it sounds almost like a child coming in after this, a like, again, bit. you say it's like an okay instrumental opener, but.
0: Yeah, but it, it seems like, especially after it goes on for like eight bars, you expect it to lead to something. Right. And is... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's really it's it's a good it's a good comic setup like it builds your expectations and then brown yeah.
1: it's almost <laughs> as if he got insecure to start singing and so they went on for another eight bars.
0: <laughs> yeah they, were, they they had to go find it <laughs> he ran off backstage he was hiding, uh, in, a, was hiding in like a paper bag uh, <laughs> under a lampshade yeah <laughs> uh the, 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 like I talked about, there's a lot of moments on this album where it's like he's sort of playing with that pop structure and he's like this song starts with a chorus and the, you know, there's, there's other songs on there where are these instrumental breakdowns and it feels like this intro too is something where he's like trying to just do something a little different with it and have it sort mm-hmm. of progress in a weird way but it, it 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 sounds nice again it feels good i think in a way that almost nothing else on the song does but uh <laughs> it it you know it's so like light and it doesn't escalate at all and yeah it just, you know leads into a chorus that's the same way that i you know i don't think it really works in that regard
1: no oh, yeah and i think the lyrics don't help i was talking to my roommate about it um and i don't know if we're we can get into lyrics because Oh, we can. Yeah. Boy, do I have something to say? Um, like you said, it leads up, but then like doesn't go anywhere. These lyrics, like, there's no narrative element, yeah, or even any sort of resolution.
0: Yeah, we'll take it a step at a time with with where these lyrics go because it 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 it's interesting.
1: They sure are lyrics.
0: The first hook. You only need the light when it's burning low, only miss the sun when it starts to snow, only know you love her when you let her go. Uh, only know you've been high when you're feeling low. only hate the road when you're missing home. only know you love her when you let her go. and you let her go. i, the, the, uh, I there are a couple things to say about it. first of all, the um the only hate the road when you're missing home one is like i like like I get that it's like this this, you know, very simplistic structure and right. I, you know it's it's got this that, that that's our quality to it that I like, but the only hate the road when you're missing home. it's sort of said something a little different from what the other ones no, do because yeah, yeah. the other ones are like you know you you don't know what you got until it's gone and this one is like you resent what you have now because you miss what you had before yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I I actually do really like that after talking in these kind of aphorisms for the whole chorus and being sort of generally like you'll only know you love her when you let her go flipping the tense right at the end and saying and you and let her go <laughs>
1: I also do like the use of like just like like a, a, that sentence which can flip tense without changing any of the words. So he's still just yeah. repeating the same thing over and over again.
0: It's really good. I like that.
1: I think another thing is that like none of these statements are true. I mean for me personally. Uh-huh. And if uh-huh. if you're going to be using the you statement, I'd like them to apply to me. Um yeah. I like the snow. <laughs> I like the dark. Like it's there are all these like statements where it's like at service level okay I get you're making a thing of, a statement like you said of like oh you don't you don't know what you have until it's gone but like it, they're not true
0: <laughs> yeah the first one you only need the light when it's burning low implying like a candle like you wouldn't light the candle if you didn't need it
1: right light <laughs> <laughs> a candle for the bit and then realizing that you actually kind of
0: need it. <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> you know. And I don't know. I feel like you know you've been high when you're when you're high. Like that's sort of the idea right. of it. <laughs> yeah, they're just they're talking very universally, but the, the the situations themselves are actually not that universal when you get into it. Yeah. <laughs> The other thing that I really like about the "Angie Let Her Go part is that the music completely drops out and then, and, and, and yeah. then it kicks in as he says right, With I, those vocals. You know, obviously the drums come in at that part, but it it's like, again, just a little too soft for what it's trying to do. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, music drops out and you let it go. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like, <laughs> it's very like slight. yeah. <laughs> And and frankly, the rest of this album, I feel like does more interesting things with the music. It's not. It's it's it sort of. I felt a step back from the from the previous album of his. But there, you know, like I said, there's strings all over this thing. There's these mm-hmm. the, the the it has this sort of. I don't want to say Pet Soundsy, but like this the, the this you know that 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 same kind of chamber uh, thing thing going on at moments yeah. and. Um, you know, on, on this song, there's really very little of that. And I I don't know, it's, it's weird that it's the second track on the album. It's weird that, like, for for all his talk on how he didn't intend for this to, like, go anywhere, the the, the fact that it feels, like, so purposefully restrained relative to the rest of the album, yeah. I don't know. You
1: know, I was about to say, like, I mean, you hear it over and over again. Like, people make, like, songs that they know are going to blow up, And they make them simple so that they can be repeated and they can be replicated and yada yada yada. Um, So, you know, by this song being purposely restrained, you'd think like there was a little bit of thought going into that, that maybe he wanted us to blow up and then.
0: Yeah. So the first verse, staring at the bottom of your glass, hoping one day you'll make a dream last, (laughs) but dreams come slow and they go so fast you see her when you close your eyes. Maybe one day you'll understand why everything you touch surely dies. So the hook is like, the hook is like talking generally and then kind of, and then at the end being like, actually this is about a specific relationship and Mm -hmm. it's about, you know, the her is the last line of each like part of the hook. And then like at the end, it's like, and you let her go. Like, like, like it's telling one story. And then this verse, other than the one line you see her when you close your eyes, th- this entire thing is clearly not about a relationship. <laughs> yeah, it's about
1: this guy's alcoholism, <laughs> right? <laughs> like the last line, "Everything you touch surely dies." That's like dark. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. the The whole verse is about how he, you know, he feels like he can't, like, he feels like he'll never amount to anything, and like that, like, you know, he's he's always you know trying to do something and it never it never happens for him like where did this come from
1: (laughs) i mean unless you're
0: taking you'll make a
1: dream last and dream can only talk about like the dream of future relationship which would tie it back to like the overarching theme of the song being about a relationship like dream is a vague word king (laughs) but what happened to her
0: (laughs) you are talking about a dream (laughs) dream (laughs) they're talking about the dream yeah they're talking about maybe someday we'll make him last <laughs> he's first now we want to make him last
1: the- <laughs> next minecraft championship
0: yeah so the second hook comes in there's there's some strings here it starts to feel a little bigger and and i feel like this would have been again like this would have been the moment at the end of this hook. You do the Angie let her go thing again, and then it really kicks in. Right, but they don't even do the Angie let her go <laughs> thing Feels <laughs> like he forgot. Yeah, it's it's like it's like he's sort of edging the listener. Like he's always promising something that never comes. It never comes. I
1: also like the change. The only change is
0: well to butt. Um, yeah. <laughs> Solid. Yeah, let's let's try to make that track there. Maybe one day you'll understand why everything you touch surely dies. But you oh, only you need know, the light when, when it's, it's burning, burning low. <laughs> like they don't relate to each other. It, it, it's a weird sentiment in general because it, it's weird that this song is directed at a you. That yeah, no, I was gonna say that. Like that that kind of throws the whole thing off because he's talked about how this song is about a relationship that he had, but it's like, but you're doing all the. <laughs> You know, all, all these like you know grand statements in a U form and then the, the rest of the song is also directed at a you so how are you like 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 who are you playing in, right <laughs> in song? this isn't about me yeah and then to end it rather than rather than saying maybe one day you won't feel like everything you touch really dies maybe something won't die eventually it's like maybe one day you'll you'll get it like you'll, you'll get it why <laughs> you'll, you'll give why up. you suck so much <laughs>
1: I also feel like the, the line, everything you touch surely dies, like implies that they do recognize that they only need the light wind burn light. Like they recognize that like they have a good thing and it keeps getting taken away from them as opposed to them like constantly getting rid of that thing. Like, yeah, they're not killing the thing. The thing is dying. And I know that's really subtle and I might just be digging this into this a little too much, but it feels like it's not his fault and yet it's blaming it on him. I mean, you—the universal you. Blaming it on you, yeah. you
0: the <laughs> listener.
1: <laughs> it's about his relationship, but he's blaming you.
0: You know how you're always drunk and you hate yourself. I'm <laughs> <laughs>
1: not, not, but you are.
0: But <laughs> you are, and you fucked it up with this girl, and you—everything <laughs> you text dies. The, the everything you touch surely dies line it feels so intentional because it's completely off like meter it doesn't yeah. like 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 it um it rhymes with eyes and y I guess but it, but it, it feels like such an emphasized line and it just does it just kind of throws everything off yeah <laughs> <because> it's so <laughs> severe relative to everything else.
1: I also think using the word Shirley is the most British thing that he could have done in that verse. Uh, <laughs> it sure is a British word. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah, like I was saying, I wanted, I, I, I really wanted that second chorus to end with Angie Let Her Go and then something else comes in, some horns. I, my ideal version of this song is like watermelon sugar and it's just like, <laughs> it's just like everything's on right. it.
1: <laughs> the ideal version of this song implying that there is an ideal version.
0: But instead, it just kind of wanders into the second verse. Yeah, staring at a ceiling in the dark, same old empty feeling in your heart. Cause love comes slow and it goes so fast. Those it's, don't you, lie. Know, you gotta, you gotta have the accent. You gotta have the Go yeah. so fast, fast. <laughs> you see her when you fall asleep, but never to touch and never to keep, because you loved her too much and you dive too deep. Now hang on a fucking right. Second. <laughs> Hang on a second! Isn't this whole song about how you didn't love her enough until she was gone, <laughs> and you dived
1: too deep? You loved her too much. <laughs> <laughs> Ten minute passenger, <laughs> Mister Passenger,
0: officers of passenger. <laughs> I guess let's talk about the rest of this verse. But like the to this is like the last original line in the song, and yeah. for it to just. <laughs> for, for, for her to just completely throw off the entire. You <laughs> only know you love her when you let her go, because you loved her too <laughs> much. <my laughs> that
1: <life. laughs> doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. Because like, and even like, if you go back to the first, first, like, again, when I was saying like everything you talked to Shirley, like this guy's sad about this like mm-hmm. it feels like he's not intentionally letting these things happen and then like you love her too much you dive too deep it's like he he didn't intentionally let her go so why is this song about you letting yeah, her go like, it,
0: it's, it's about blaming you for, <laughs> for 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 how you let her go yeah. yeah staring at the ceiling in the dark same old empty feeling in your heart that that you know, that's a real that's a real edgy moment there. That's a real like you know, I, I would say overwritten, but I relative to the rest of this song, I kind of appreciated that it was like written. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that the
1: the third line in that stanza comes back to the third line in the first stanza. Um,
0: yeah, the first one is dreams come slow and they go so fast. Path. The second one is love, love comes slow, slow and it goes, goes so, so fast. fast. As if, I, I, I guess that this verse is about the relationship where the first verse mostly wasn't and it's like yeah, kind of a progression into being more specific. Mm-hmm.
1: And I suppose like you, it could be a way to tie, again, like dreams being the dream of a relationship, but dream is just such a vague word that it's like,
0: unless you're
1: analyzing these lyrics under a microscope like we are, you're not going to get the yeah. hint
0: yeah i and i mean the thing that throws it off is that he says you see her when you close your eyes in the first verse like if that line was anything else then it would it would flow a lot better in yeah guard you see her when you fall asleep you see her when you close your eyes yeah there's another yeah line, they, another they, they of...
1: bounce off each other it's the same stanza written like not same the same verse. section of yeah verse written twice just with slightly different like tenses
0: yeah and then um the the first one ends with maybe one day you'll understand why everything you touch surely dies this one ends with never to touch and never to keep because you loved her too much and you dive too deep so yeah I I, I guess I was related in the sense of like you know feeling like it's all your fault and like you um but 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 Passenger is the one saying that to you as if as if as if this this same benevolent outside narrator who's giving you all this all this all this, you know, advice about how advice. Well, you, you don't know what you got till it's gone. It's also saying, "I." it's also saying like, everything you touch dies. You fuck this up. Right.
1: <laughs> and, like, maybe yeah. give me a little bit of self-confidence and I'll stop fucking everything up. And also like. But never to touch and never to keep. again, implies that this person is trying to make this happen, but the whole chorus implies that he's the one who cut it off. You love too much,
0: and then you broke up with her, and now you realize you didn't love her before. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> but you did. <laughs> I, I I'm just trying to like space this out here. So loved her too much, dived too deep, broke up with her, realized you love her. Really? Mm. Yeah. yeah.
1: And also the the line the stanza beforehand says love comes slow and goes so fast, but the next one, love her too much and dive too deep, implies that love came to him pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, too quickly. Yeah. And then and 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 then does it it go fast or did you let it go? Like, like whose fault is it?
1: <laughs> like I guess you could say that like he put in all of his effort in the be- in the like beginning when he dived too deep and then let her go because it was overwhelmed but then it doesn't em- explain why like you only need the light when it's burning low. like you only love her when you let her it doesn't make sense. <laughs>
0: Yeah, also if if he if he put in too much at the beginning, then how does how does love come slow? Right.
1: <laughs> passenger, make it make sense. Make
0: it make sense, passenger. The hook comes back and and you've got Isabel Anderson on backup. You've also got a key change and this this whoa bridge whoa. part that like again, just like you can you see the idea there of like, oh, I'm gonna really like You know, get more and more passionate, and more and more instruments are going to come in, and it's all going to cut out right at the end. And like, it's such a it's such a mellow song, and he can't sell passionate with his voice at all because he's got this this weird little stilted like fairy voice. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) fairy voice. Just call him fairy. (laughs) When you're paying attention, it also feels kind of comical just to like. To hear him like really trying to go for it and he sounds like he's singing the exact same way he's been singing yeah. <laughs> the entire song. And then the final hook is delivered slowly with zero musical accompaniment mm-hmm. as, if, as if your mind's just been blown. <laughs> as if you've been taken on this journey and now you're coming back down to earth.
1: And where was that journey? On the road that we hit? On the road, yeah. On the road that we hit. <laughs> We made- this is the home that we're coming back to that we missed so much.
0: Yeah. And we didn't, and we didn't know when, when, when that intro kicked in, we didn't know what we were missing. <laughs> <laughs> so we can, you know, circle back to, to the song as it, as it becomes convenient for us. But well, uh, I just
1: want to make one more statement about the lyrics is that um, that last line, the end you let her go comes in so late. It makes me want to like scream. <laughs>
0: Yeah, like like in the first course, like the music kind of cuts it off when it comes in. Yeah. And it's like, and you let her go, and the music's over. <laughs> <started. laughs> and at the end too, just like yeah, it. Um, I kind of I, I kind of like when when there's silence and you're waiting for that last part to come, and then it does. Like I mm-hmm. like when they, they make you wait a little longer, but yeah, it's frustrating. It
1: didn't work for me in the song because like maybe it's because his voice like always sounds like he doesn't know what's going on. Um, is that it, it sounds like he, again, he like forgot the last part and then he quickly like ran back to the mic
0: (laughs) and was like, and he let her go. Yeah. As I, as I like really paid attention to this song, as we paid attention to the song, just talking about it, like you can see a lot of like good ideas there, but they just don't come off when you're listening to it at all.
1: (laughs) It's just like, oh, sad song.
0: Yeah. It's fucking, uh, AMV music.
1: Truly.
0: So a little bit on the the aftermath of the song's release. The it was the second single off All the Little Lights. And as Passenger explains, it uh, made little impact in the first few months of its release to such extent that he had already began working on the next album. Uh, then a guy named Dave. Some guy named Dave. Let's give it up. <laughs> let's give it up for some guy named Dave from the Netherlands. Uh, He sent Passenger an email. It's sort of like how it's sort of like how Cobra Starship uh, sent like Brandon Urie an email or a MySpace message and ended (laughs) ended up getting signed. Like he he, he sent Passenger an email. He was like, I like this song. I think it's going to work on the radio. Let me let me bring it to the stations. And Passenger was like, OK, sure thing. Two weeks later, the song hits number two on the Dutch Top 40. Yep. <laughs> it's been four weeks in that spot before moving up to first, becoming the number one song in the Netherlands. From there, it began oh, to yeah. spread around Europe and the rest of the globe. In December 2012, it was number one in Belgium. By February 2013, Ireland and Sweden, and then Austria, Denmark, Germany, Australia, Finland, Norway, Switzerland, Italy, Czech Republic, New Zealand, Romania, Venezuela, and a number of other places. It, yeah. uh, entered, it, it entered the Hot 100 at number 95 on August 17th, 2013, and steadily climbed from there, peaking at number six in February of 2014. It was number 97 on 2013's year-end Hot 100 and number 19 in 2014. It went six times platinum in the U.S., was one of the top 10 songs of the decade in Israel and Australia, and it is the 80th biggest-selling single of all time in the U.K. Of all time? <laughs> You're joking. In 2019, it became the 42nd song to surpass a billion streams on Spotify. It is still in the top 50 most streamed songs on Spotify and is also, as we said, the 25th most viewed video on YouTube with over 3 billion views. Passenger failed to produce any other hits, but he continues to record, having released his 12th album, Songs for the Drunken, and Brokenhearted, earlier this year. So what
1: happened? What happened? (laughs) What was going on in the Netherlands? That made everyone so sad.
0: <laughs> you gotta think about the, I mean, can can we reflect on maybe what it is that people like about the song? Cause clearly we both don't like it. Yeah. But.
1: The only thing that I could come up with is that it's so blandly sad and like so blandly like, oh you're missing a past relationship but like doesn't go into it to the point where like people actually have to think about it that people can kind of just like be sad and put it on the background um yeah and I think especially like because it came out in like 2012 like when people were going to YouTube when they needed just like one song um to be sad about and could play it on repeat um that's the only thing I can think of and then also the fact that like Everyone, even if you read the YouTube comments, like, everyone who's listening to this is like, oh, this makes me feel so nostalgic. So it was like, when yeah. these kids were in, like, middle school that they were listening to this song because they were sad that their, like, science partner broke up with them. <laughs> <Right>. um, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, that's the only thing that I can fathom. Unless just, like, people really are this bland.
0: The, I I have to imagine. I, I I do agree that there's definitely probably a big part of just, like, you know, it was on the radio and getting a song on the radio doesn't mean anyone has to like it. And they, you know, but it was just like kids would hear it on the radio and maybe kids were sad about whatever. They, you know, they didn't have, they ran out of pizza at lunch. (laughs) Like
1: what was going on in 2012?
0: (laughs) They just kind of, Develop these nostalgic feelings for the song that allowed it to continue to be successful yeah very steadily to this day i, I definitely if you look at like let me see if i can pull this up there were a lot of songs just like that were popular in like the 2013 uh area that were really kind of down tempo and like that that was a, a weirdly sad era for pop music in yeah, a lot of ways yeah. there was um you know, imagine dragons coming out. You had uh you had uh just give me a reason, you had when I was your man, you had uh ho oh, hey, uh, which you know I think that's another part of just that that like that kind of indie wave of the early tens of like you know, the Lumineers and um
1: Lumineers.
0: Y- y- yeah, American dollars there maybe, you know, yeah, American authors and um
1: American authors once commented on my Instagram post. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> was not tagged.
0: <laughs> Very strange. Was it was it was it relevant? Was No, it I, I think
1: it was my art and they just commented the like rock and roll hand emoji. Cool. Yeah. I was like, thanks American <laughs> authors. Thanks, American
0: authors. <laughs> anyway. I mean, I could see. Again, the, as I reflect on it, that there is something iconic about that intro. Just a- everything from before you start singing, <laughs> the, you know. <laughs> That that, that little like 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 that that's yeah. a very instantly recognizable thing, and that's something that you know that a, any song that that like reaches that level of success has to have that that kind of thing where you recognize it right away. There's that um uh there's that you know little guitar thing at the beginning of Despacito. There's you know a, any song mm-hmm. that's really popular has like something right away that's like okay I know this song. Yeah, and I think that. I think I probably contributed a lot because there were obviously there have been so many songs like this, but this one has that really recognizable just little tune at the beginning that goes mm-hmm. on a little bit. And, you know, if, if, if you connect it to the song at any point, you'll hear that and you'll be like, oh, I know this. Right. and then, Yeah.
1: Well, it's interesting because this song um, was like associated with some like TikTok trend um like pretty recently but it, it was just that first like guitar like twinkly little guitar part but it's, it's associated with like a happy
0: TikTok trend
1: where it's like oh this ah. is sweet and cute and so it's like completely dissociated from the song which is like surface level sadness um which I think is very funny
0: yeah that, I mean that, that's sort of a general TikTok thing like the the you know the lyrics of a song don't, don't, don't oh really, yeah you know, think on right? TikTok but um I guess it is at the end of the day a surface level sad song, but the, the, yeah. I, I think maybe because of how confused it is, there are a lot of <laughs> there are a lot of different things that kind of end up coming mm-hmm. out with it. Where like because it's saying you only know you love her when you let her go, and that usually that, that 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 usually comes around to the like if you love someone, set them free kind of thing. Where it's like you know, yeah. they, where it's trying it's trying to have this bittersweet energy, but in the actual context of the song, that's not what it means. Yeah. And then there are there are parts that are, like, weirdly, overly, d- like, 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 the everything you touch Shirley dies part. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, you know, it, it's just, I think maybe, even though it's surface level sad, th- the fact that it never quite knows what it's saying kind of helps it. Yeah.
1: And I think, like, it adds to that, like, again, middle school, like, angstiness of, like, you go through this, like, very surface level breakup and suddenly you, you're, like everything I touch dies and it's just like this flash of like angst and then you're back to being completely normal Um. (laughs) I'm also wondering and this might be a stretch but Frozen came out in like 2013 and Let Her Go and Let It Go are a uh, similar <laughs>
0: definitely similar that's true that's true let her go peaked in the u.s in february of 2014 mm-hmm. and
1: frozen came out in november of 2013
0: yeah so let me check out Hold on. let me look at the at the 2014 year-end list and just see because let it go is definitely yeah yeah it, it it let it go is number 21 and let her go is number 19. <laughs> <laughs> be frozen out damn yeah and then let her go well let her go when it, let it go went eight times platinum so you know right. beat it out in the long run but um let's check the chart history here what week did let it go peaked in april so it was definitely on the charts the week that um the the week that uh let her go peaked yeah so yeah that that is interesting and i i kind of remember that from the time too like a little bit of like uh, you know, I, I would see let her go and be like, "Isn't let it go the, the, the right?" Video. No, yeah, yeah, same same. So we've talked about we we we've we've done a deep dive into the song, and we've talked about you know we dove sort too of what deep. People, we dove too deep. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about what people might like about it and what kind of um what why we don't like it and the you know analyzed lyrics, talked about the impact. There's just one other thing. It's something that I kind of had to stumble into because it's not included in any of the like narratives of how the song got big.
1: Uh,
0: And I don't know why that would be other than like, it's just not something I just like to admit, but in 2012, while Passenger was promoting this album and directly between when Let Her Go was released as a single and when it became a a massive out of nowhere grassroots success, Passenger was on tour in America as the opening act for a fellow by the name of Ed Sheeran yeah (laughs) Sheeran just to give a little background on Ed Sheeran
1: (laughs) (laughs) sentences I never thought I'd hear
0: Sheeran had spent years developing this 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 following in the UK working with local hip-hop acts seeing a lot of independent success which, you know, Passenger, as we talked about, kind of never really had. And then Mm -hmm. he really blew up with his 2011 single, The 18. And by the time this tour reached America, Sheeran had broken records in the UK, uh, beat out Rolling in the Deep for the Ivor Novello Award, uh, had an announced collaboration with Taylor Swift, a hit as a songwriter for One Direction, and the number five album in America. Mm -hmm. Passenger was a friend of Ed's from their shared time busking in the UK. So while Sheeran was blowing up in America Himself following the You know increased interest in UK in America after One Direction's success Passenger mm-hmm. got to you know tour the country Greet uh, an adoring audience With his brand new single Let, Let her go, go. And Mind you first of all these shows The billing is Ed Sheeran and Passenger Like that's <laughs> it. They start the tour back in 2011 And they hit the uh, The Netherlands first <laughs> <laughs> it's all coming together. Was Dave from the Netherlands there? The last stop the passenger's at is in March of 2013. Uh, in January of 2013, Ed Sheeran's The 18" peaks at number 16 on the Hot 100. In June, Lego House peaks at number 42. Sheeran's first collaboration with Taylor Swift, Everything Has Changed, is on the backswing, like, like coming down the Hot 100 mm-hmm. at the same time that Let Her Go debuts. So the official story is that some guy emailed him and asked if he could send the song to radio I'm not saying the song was sent to radio before that but that didn't happen Mm. until months after Passenger began promoting the song nightly on what turned out to be the most powerful platform in music on the the Ed Sheeran tour (laughs) he's going out here promoting the song he's like I don't know some guy emailed me and it turned into (laughs) it.
1: Why? Do, <laughs> do you think some guy named Dave was, if we're if we're taking Dave as canon to the lore, um, some guy named David went to a concert to see Ed Sheeran and then heard "Let Her Go" by Passenger and was like, "I got to blow this up."
0: It's very it's it's very possible. I mean, certainly, I I think that any attention that was being put on passenger obviously like i said he had you know he was working with these big australian uh indie acts but i i really do think that you know if someone in the netherlands was paying attention to him it was because of ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran yeah. <laughs> Here, here's what it here's what it comes down to british r&b became increasingly popular in america in the late 2000s mm-hmm. estelle natasha benningfield adele leona lewis tyo cruz list goes on 2009 Susan Boyle's Britain's Got Talent audition goes viral her album is the biggest selling album of 09 uh 2010 everyone's talking about one direction and they haven't even put out a song yet <laughs> that you know everyone's paying attention to british reality shows after susan boyle and british music after this one direction blow up and the narrative becomes there's a new british invasion happening right uh adele drops the fucking biggest song of all time Mm -hmm. (laughs) any artist that's big in the uk gets a shot at us success Cher lloyd the wanted little mix (laughs) who we talked about earlier and the biggest bubbling up success in the uk at that moment is ed sheeran yeah He's, he's, you know, he's had this indie success that's got him onto the charts. He's, he's huge in the UK, but he's also had this underground thing going on. So he's both, so he's both being marketed towards teens like crazy. And at least in the U S he's someone who's kind of cool to know about in 2011. Mm -hmm. And Ed Sheeran has a friend who's not really successful in the UK. Mm -hmm. Certainly not enough to attract attention in the U S but Sheeran's about to embark on his first international tour going to US, going around Europe, and he decides to bring his buddy along for the ride. And what is the name of the guy who's just along for the ride? (laughs) Passenger. Passenger.
1: (laughs) We figured it out. It was just a big scheme along. We've solved it. We've cracked the code.
0: There you have it, folks. That's the real story of Let Her Go by Passenger. Oh. A side effect of the just unbelievable success of Ed Sheeran. Sheeran <laughs> and I really think if we we had talked about other songs we might do for this, there were a couple Ed Sheeran songs that were mm. thrown on the table. Three. I there, think he
1: has three songs in the top
0: he has, 50 YouTube Yeah, he the most watched, I think in the top 20, but um, yes. yeah, we... Um, I, I think if we continue to look at songs, we would find a lot of things that at the end of the day are like kind of come back to Ed Sheeran <laughs> in a way. It all boils down to Ed Sheeran, our boy Ed. It really does. It really does. Never thought I'd say that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Never thought that Ed Sheeran would <laughs>
0: be at the root of it all. Kaden, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for inviting me on this wonderful episode of Pulp Friction. <laughs> Uh, this is probably a short one, and that's A-OK, okay, because we just talked about one song, and we cracked it.
1: We cracked it. We
0: really did. Figured it out. Fucking passenger. <laughs> uh, obviously, you are uh, you're welcome back anytime, as you know. You so and you, the listener, is also welcome back anytime. You, d- drunken... <laughs> <laughs>
1: You, 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 who let you, her go,
0: who ruined everything. <laughs> You're so welcome for this content, and we'll see you next week. I disagree.
1: I disagree, Gary. I disagree,
0: Gary.